Yeah, I have slide number uh, five, please. We're continuing our series in the book of uh, Lent, uh, in Lent on the series, on the, we're in Mark. <clears throat> and uh, in chapter 11, and I'm gonna focus on the phrase holiness, not hypocrisy. And I, let, me, let me segue for just a moment, um, if I may, by slide six then. So this is, when I talk about holiness, this is what I'm talking about. Slide six. When I talk about holiness, I'm talking about WWJD, WWJS, WWJT, easily and repeatedly, if he were me. Right, what are we talking about? I'm gonna describe holiness today like this. Holiness is to do what Jesus did. It is to say what Jesus said. It is to think as Jesus thought easily, repeatedly, as if he were living his life in us. And why, why am I doing that? Let me just segue. First, I want to celebrate Chrissy, Brett, Lauren, our youth teams, all those who served our youth. Tremendous. So good. But, but I just, you all know this now. This is just the first step. In the American church, I'm, 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 I'm saddened to say this, a pastor of 42 years, but in the American church, so many of us think that when we do what we just saw, we profess our faith in Jesus, we punch the ticket. I'm going to heaven. And so what we think heaven, we have all kinds of ideas, but I got, the, I got the ticket punched. So then I can live however I want. Now go back to my previous slide, please. Go back to hypocrisy. But if I'm just gonna say I'm gonna go to heaven, I can live however I want. Now follow me a little bit here. The word Christian is used three times in scripture. Three, the word disciple is used hundreds of times. Jesus did not say before he left us and ascended to heaven, go and make Christians. He said, go and make disciples. So what's a disciple? Someone who thinks what Jesus thought, who says what Jesus says, who does what Jesus does easily, repeatedly, as if Jesus were living his life in us. So let me, now I'm gonna break down all kinds of theology this morning, make it real simple. Listen, listen to this. How do we become more like this Jesus as his disciples? Not Christians. Let's not talk the word Christian so much anymore, shall we? Let's talk disciples. Disciple, remember the stories I told you years past, when Jesus would walk, the disciples, in the phrase, stood in the dust of the rabbi, and they listened and learned and watched what Jesus say and do and think. And they lived as though he were living their life in them and through them. What we want to become a people is be such a people that people see, listen now, people see Jesus in us. May I tell the story with you from Linda's death and anointing? Is that okay, Pete? One of our senior saints passed away recently, and a brother-in-law was with me, us together, as we were there. And so typically at the place of death, I read uh, some, some liturgy, some words of assurance and love. And then oftentimes we anoint with oil. And as Linda was dying, she would be with us in the room, and then she had visions of, of the heavens to come. 
and she would begin to speak in other languages. She would begin to speak in tongues, and she'd come back and tell us this glorious thing. Well, as she was moving close to death, I asked Pete, a brother-in-law, if he would anoint her with oil. It was the most precious moment when Pete, who's an elder in a church, took oil and put it over her face. And my memory of her is she is being anointed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And she soon transitioned from this life to the next. So last week's Sunday was four years since our youngest son died. Can I remind you what Jesus said in John 11? Jesus said, those who believe in me will never die. We, listen everybody, we don't die. We transition from this life to the next. And those who are disciples, watch me now, follow me. Those who are disciples are living in a way with Jesus now, listen now, their character is being formed into the image of Jesus. Listen, because we are training, listen, for reigning. When Jesus brings back a new heaven and a new earth, the scriptures say, starting in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. What's the mean have dominion? It is in the character, in the heart, in the presence, in the person, in the power of Jesus to do what he would do, say what he would say, and think as he would think. Now watch me now. The, the purpose of this life, stay with me. The purpose of this life is to glorify God as he gives you, me, the character of Jesus. That's what it means to become a disciple. As we, so it's, it's not, I'm in. So for example, Palm Sunday, 1971, I, get this, I memorized the stinking Heidelberg Catechism. I had to stand in front of a church and they said, Kevin, question 112, what's the question, what's the answer? I got them all right. I, I get a ticket, I'm going to heaven. I could live like an absolute idiot for the rest of my life, but I punched the ticket. And Jesus is gonna say in chapter 11, oh, be careful. Don't get up and caught in all kinds of religious ritual and activity. Be holy. Say what Jesus said as if he lived his life in you. Do what Jesus did as though he were living his life through you. That's what we're talking about. So in chapter 11, Jesus is going to address hypocrisy and holiness. Can I invite you to open your Bibles, please, to Luke, or Mark chapter 11? Yay, yay, yay. Chapter 11. So in a few weeks is Palm Sunday on the 10th of, of April. We'll talk about chapter 11, 1 through 11. Then I'm going to start at verse 12. I'm going to read a few verses and I'm going to show you two pictures. So John chapter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would Jesus say? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> chapter 11, verse 12. The next day, as Jesus and the disciples were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, and the fig tree represents something specific. He went to find out if it had any fruit, 
When Jesus reached it, he found nothing but leaves, but it was not the season for figs. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On the reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as Jesus taught them, he said, isn't that written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of robbers. Now we can run right through that. So let me show you what the temple looked like. I have the two pictures, please. You see that building? That building is 38 acres. The ground on which this church facility is located is 16. That building is two and a half times the size of this property. Now, do you see the outside? That's called the courts of the Gentiles. You know how many people could be in there without standing shoulder to shoulder? 75,000 people. And Jesus is going through there on the outside. Now, you're going to see in a minute, it's also a thoroughfare. If people didn't want to go all the way through the city, they could cut across the court of the Gentiles and go to the other side. Now, you see the middle part? That's where they would sacrifice the animals. On Passover, how many animals were killed? How many sheep were slaughtered on Passover? AD 66, the historian Eusebius said 225,000 sheep were butchered in that middle place. You see the side down here? It goes down like the ground to the grass and stuff. The blood would roll out of that building down into the Kidron Valley. And Jesus used that to describe what hell is like. 225,000 sheep's blood coming down that. You have 75,000 people on the outside. And Jesus walks through, and Jesus is steaming mad. It's really interesting. If you go to the scholars, scholars don't know what to do with this passage. This is the only miracle where Jesus' miracle kills something. Jesus is always giving life, bringing back to life, healing. Here he kills. Well, let's go on. What happens? Verse 17 again, as Jesus taught them after he tore that outside court up, he said, isn't that written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of robbers, quoting from the Old Testament. The chief priests and teachers of the law heard this, and they began looking for a way to kill Jesus, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and the disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots, Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus said. Now, verses 22, 23, 24, 25. I'm going to come back to this. This is really important, and it's really confusing. Verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, the old-timers like me, verily, verily, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, Throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes what, that, what, will hap what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer and believe that you received it, it will be theirs. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your, your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now what, what's this wonky next part about? They arrived again in Jerusalem 
While Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? What things? Tearing up the outside of the temple. Who gave you the authority to tear up the temple? And he says, I got a question for you. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? You tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will say, then why don't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, now here's the parentheses, Mark's giving some commentary, they feared the people for everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. So Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. People of God, these are the words of God. So what do you have here? You got Jesus coming into this temple and just tearing it up, angry there can be, teaching about it. He sees a fig tree. Now what's up? What's, he sees a fig tree and he says the fig tree basically die. Now why would Jesus do something like that? And then he goes back to the temple again and then he's get questioned by these people saying, what if, who gives you the right to do what you are doing? Now go back to my slide, but David, the one hypocrisy and the holiness. So they're living in a world of hypocrisy. Now, you gotta stay with me for a little bit. I'm gonna jump around. If, if being a Christian is just standing in church on this day and saying, I believe in Jesus and I get punched my ticket, what begins to happen if this is it, we become easily hypocrites. So we just do the religious stuff so people think he's a ticket puncher. He's going to heaven. Now, how many of us, how many of us in our relationships know people who break every one of the Ten Commandments, including me? But I punch my ticket so I can do whatever I want. So what happens is over time, we become increasingly hypocritical because we've got to act the part. We've got to, so, so these Jewish leaders, think about this. They're running a system on Passover, 225,000 sheep. You've got to have the right sheep. You've got to have the right money. You've got to do the right everything. You can't do it. And they're making a boatload of money. But more than that, they're living as hypocrites. And Jesus says to the fig tree, die. Who does the fig tree represent? It's the Jewish people. So what happens in AD 70? Can I go back to the temple, please, the picture, Dave? Do you see this temple? 38-acre building. It was completely torn to the ground with one stone tower left. Jesus said in 33 AD, you're going to die. Why? I don't want to answer for Jesus, but I do want to address what he was addressing. He was addressing hypocrisy. And Jesus, listen to me now, blank screen, Dave, please. What our Lord wants to do, this, 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 is just, this is just the nuttiest thing for me. You know, I did the, the, the series on the Trinity, the circle of love. Does it just blow your mind that we are created because God wants to be in an eternal relationship with us? And not only that, he wants to develop the character in us, listen now, so that we can be training for reigning. Someday, if you would like, let's sit together and let me give you multiple images, stories of what's gonna happen in the new heaven and new earth. It's not gonna be sitting around in circles singing kumbaya, floating with around. 
how you are created here and how you are being shaped and developed here will affect your eternity. Not becoming in the presence of Christ. No, that we're saved by grace through faith, not by work, lest anyone boast. But listen to me. How we live here affects how we will live in the new heaven and new earth. So let me tell you a story about me. 19 years ago, I was down in Kansas City for some meetings, and I don't get downloads like this very often. I felt the Lord say to me clearly in my spirit, I'm going to give you $15 million, and I want it to go to these 10 places. So I wrote down $15 million. I put down the 10 places, $1.5 million each. I gave a name of the foundation that I think is supposed to use, and I've been praying for 19 years. And the Lord does not answer my prayer. Now, I want to get the prayer in just a moment. Why? So, listen now. Apply it to yourself. I think the Lord has impressed to me, Kevin, you do not have the character to hold $19 million, $15 million. What the Lord is trying to do with us is develop a people who say what Jesus said, who do what Jesus did, who think what Jesus thinks as though he were living his life in us so that in the new heaven and new earth, as the person you are becoming, you give glory and honor and praise forever from the person you are becoming. Does that make sense? This, the vision is unbelievable. It is just unbelievable what's coming for us. But these years are intended to make us like Jesus. So let me get really simple. So how do I become more like Jesus? Here, here, here is my simple answer. Listen to this, listen to this. How to become more like Jesus? Listen, do the next right thing. You want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Do the next right thing. How does that happen? It happens as we are disciples in community with other believers. It happens as the word. We say, I need to have the words of Jesus in me. I need to know those words. We told, you know the story. When Kirk is dying, I just stood around the bed with our children, and I just began to recite scripture, the verses I had memorized. Why? That's do the next right thing. What's the next right thing for my kids watching their brother die? It's to point them to Jesus. That's the next right thing. We just keep doing the next right thing. And as we do the next right thing, we see we need more resources from heaven. We need the, the spirit of Jesus. We need the words of Jesus. We need the community of Jesus. But, 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 if I just got my ticket to heaven, I can do whatever I want. I can be this most thinking hypocrite in the world. But I come to church on Sunday morning, and I sit here for an hour, and I put in 10 bucks, and I'm going to heaven, and I can be an absolute, you know what, the rest of the week. Folks, that's garbage. That's garbage. Am I speaking the truth? We want to be like Jesus. And there's reasons to be like Jesus because he wants us to be in such a fellowship and relationship that in the life to come, he can entrust us with all kinds of things that we will be given and we will use for his glory. Well, I'm jumping all over the place. Let me take you through some, I want to take you through 22 to 25, slide eight. Okay, here we go. 22 to 25, I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna break it down for you. 
Blank screen first, Dave. Let me just read 22 to 25. Because this is so often misunderstood. So I'm going to really translate it. Four verses, four different thoughts tied together. This is talking about holiness. Saying what Jesus is saying. Do what he does. Think what he thinks. 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. 23. Truly I tell you, if someone says this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Verse 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Now, what do we do with that? How many times have we prayed prayers and the Lord's not answered it? Right? And after a while, we just say, well, I guess prayer doesn't work. I've tried it. Most of the time, I've, nothing happens. What if we're misunderstanding what Jesus is saying here? So now, now the slide, Dave. Watch. This is, this is my translation of those four verses. What he's saying in verse 22, have faith in God, is to say in your own heart and mind, I'm going to trust in a good, good father. To have faith in God is to believe, to believe that we have a good, good father. Different than any human father. The next verse, what's he talking about? Throw mountains, move, and here's my translation. If we believe he's a good father, then we can believe he is bigger than any obstacle we face. And what I observe, if I'm a ticket-punching Christian, when the mountain is get big, what I observe is God gets small and problems get big. Am I speaking the truth? Am I the only one? So, the, so then the reality is I become an atheist. I don't believe God can do anything. My problems are so big. So let's talk about Russia and Ukraine. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about vaccines. Let's talk about... Just think, think, about, think about the discourse in our country and think about Christian people you know in the discourse of the country. How many people are in the second bullet believing that God is bigger than whatever obstacles we face? But it comes back to, if I'm just, I'm, just, I, I'm going to heaven, I'm, I'm going to heaven. Can I just say this to you? Listen, listen to this, listen to this. We're not trying to go to heaven. What do we pray every single stinking Sunday here? We pray this every Sunday for the last eight years. Lord, may your kingdom and may your will be on the, as it is. That's what we're doing. Why did Jesus come? He brought heaven to earth. When he comes back the second time, he's bringing heaven to earth. We're not trying to go to heaven. We're trying to bring heaven down. How do we bring heaven down? By being disciples. We say what Jesus said. We do what Jesus did. We believe what Jesus As though he were living his life in us. And then we can say, you know what? That is a big mountain. But I believe our God is bigger than that mountain. Because I believe I got a good, good father. How about the next one? We talk, look at maybe verse 23, because this is, this is the one that stumped some people I love. 23. He says, um, I'm sorry, 24. 
Ask whatever you, for whatever you ask in prayer, believe you've received it, and it'll be yours. And my translation is, we have to accept that grace powers prayer. We don't understand, let me back you up. Here's an example. Just imagine, every one of us, everybody here, you have the ability, when you pray for someone who's sick, you have been given such power that when you pray, they get healed. So you go into any hospital, and you walk in, and you start healing, people just get healed. Can you imagine that? How would you live your life if everywhere you went, you had the power to heal anyone who was sick? What would happen to your ego? What would happen to your sense of understanding who one is? How would you relate to other people? When you were surrounded by hundreds and thousands of people who just wanted to touch you so you give healing power, how would you handle that? So my opinion is the reason we can't do that is not because we don't have enough faith. <laughs> Listen to this. We don't have the character to hold that kind of power. And that's why at the end of the passage, by what authority do you do these things? See, if you're a hypocrite, where's the power source? How, how am I going to do this stuff? Jesus said the stupidest things ever. He said, you know what? If your enemy hits you on one cheek, give him the other one too. Jesus said, if you, somebody hurts you seven times, you forgive him 70 times seven. That's the stupidest thing. Okay, now hypocrites would say, that's the stupidest thing ever. But a disciple says, Developing the character of Jesus. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus think? Easily, readily, daily. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. It does not boast. It is, so we can read that and say, okay, <clears throat> All right, I'm going to be kind today for a little while. I'm going to be patient today. No, that's not what he's saying at all. We are so connected to Jesus. Listen, he is living his life through you. It is his love. You don't love people. We just love because we are loved. We don't become patient because we are so connected to Jesus, we are patient. Now, we talk about grace. In our tribe, the Reformed tradition, we are really, really good on words. We have a whole bazillion books and ideas about total depravity, and a lot of it's really good. The problem with total depravity is it blows up chapters one and two of Genesis. What? Follow me. We believe, many of us, that God's grace is first given in Genesis 3. When Adam and Eve sin, God has to provide a way, skins, presence, and they need grace for the rest of their days. May I say to you that grace began before Genesis 1. Before the worlds were created, the circle of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a community of grace. And today, when these young people profess their faith, today they entered 
the circle of love. And now they can live, we can live every day powered by grace. It's not just unmerited favor for sinners. We need grace when we sin. We need grace all the time. Right? All the time. So now I'm going to go to the last one. So what's he talking about forgiving? That's just, that's just crazy. What in the world are you talking about there? He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so your Father in heaven may forgive you. So watch this. If I'm just a Christian and someone hurts me, I can just be stinking mad. I can cuss them out. I can think horrible thoughts. I can do whatever I want because I'm going to heaven. But if I'm a disciple of Jesus, Jesus said, forgive. I can't forgive. No, we can't forgive. It is his life in us, and we just naturally forgive. Yes? We're not, listen, we're not trying to become Christians. We're training to be disciples. We're not trying to get better. We're training to be like Jesus. So how do we do it? Last slide. Talk about prayer. So we're inv invitations to prayer. So if we want to be a people of holiness, saying what Jesus said, do what he did, and all that, we just set some daily time. For this next week, just set a couple times a day when you're going to pray. So if, just say the, the Lord's Prayer twice a day. Pray, listen to this one. Pray for an enemy. Why, why should I pray for someone who drives me nuts? Why should I pray for someone I hate? It'll move us off the dime of hypocrisy. Now, we push. It's pretty easy to do this, right? It's natural. It's in the flesh. It is supernatural to be like Jesus on the cross. I want you to think this through. He's on the cross, and he is dying a horrible death. And what does he say? Father, forgive them. Now, think about that one. These guys were trained killers. Think about the best American soldiers you can think of who know how to, snipers can kill from a mile away with their weapons. People can drop, just think about people who are soldiers who can kill, kill easily. These guys have done hundreds and hundreds of crucifixions. They are brutally good. And they can make you die slow and they can make you die long and they are good killers. And he looks out at these guys who are killing him and he looks out at the people who are mocking him and he says what? You all need to go to burn in hell. You don't realize what you are doing to the king of kings and lord of lords. What does he do? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're just living on the flesh. But we can be different. And so at the end of this passage, he says, you know what? Forgive. Why? To become holy, to become kind. Is it easy? Heavens no. It's difficult. It's an opportunity. I can just tell. We're just watching all the room. People are going, eh, ain't going there. <laughs> ain't going there. Well, can I just invite you? Just try it this week. Just pray for an enemy. Seek God for the city. You've got an app. You have a booklet. Just keep praying these beautiful prayers. The lighthouse is open for prayer. And you're invited to come and refresh. Sunday, uh, Thursdays at 12 to 1. Let's pray. Babies are crying. We're all crying. Let's go home.
Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we bless you that you have given us a day like this where we can celebrate first steps. Thank you for our leaders who are, and parents investing in their children who are taking first steps of faith. And we pray that these students and their parents and all of us would not just be those who identify as Christians, but the world will know we are disciples because we are marked by your love. So pour out your spirit within us, pour out your spirit upon us, that we'd, like to, we'd long to be like Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen.